For only the very best in progressive rock, you're listening to The Lost Art with Steve Gould. Every Sunday, 4 till 7 only on MMH, the home of rock radio. Playing the music you love. This is Progzilla. Hi, I'm John Jarrett from Rain, but today's forecast is The Lost Art with Stephen Liu on MMH, the home of rock radio and Progzilla Radio.
How are you all doing? How are you all doing? Ooh. What can I say? It's like minus 28 degrees outside. <laughs> it is cold this weekend in the UK. It really is. So I hope that you've all been managing to stay warm. Get your onesie on, get in front of the fire and have some warmth because you can't beat it. Very, very cosy indeed. <laughs> anyway, I hope you've all had an amazing week. I really do, because we're one step closer, one week closer to fusion. And so the the nerves, the anxiety, the frustration, and everything else that goes with organising a festival is starting to kick in at the moment, I have to be honest. But it will all be good on the day. It'll be all right on the night, I can assure you. But before then, I have to make... An admission. Because if you listened to last week's show, I actually said at the start how awful it was that we'd lost Jeff Beck. And that I'd be playing some music from him later in the show as a tribute. And I didn't. (laughs) What am I like? What am I like? I'll put it down to my age, ultimately. I'm just an old git. So I thought we'd open with Jeff Beck, and that particular track is incredibly appropriate, because it's called Scatterbrain, (laughs) and it comes off his second solo album, the one album that's credited to him as a true solo artist, Blow by Blow, which came out in 1975, and I have to be honest, I played that album to death back in the day. I had it on cassette, and I actually wore it out. I think it went round the pinch roller in the cassette, and so bye-bye cassette. So years later, obviously, I got it on CD. And that's where that particular version came from. Scatterbrain, off the rather wonderful Jeff Beck album, Blow by Blow. And I promise we'll be having another track from that particular gentleman a little bit later. One that you may all recognise. I'm saying no more. But what an incredible loss to the world of music, Jeff Beck. R.I.P., my friend. You have left an incredible legacy behind. You really have. Anyway, next up, I've got something a little bit special. Because it's not very often that you get to play music from a new release from Argent. Mmm. And on the 2nd of January, they released a new EP. It's six tracks... And I must admit, the quality's not brilliant, but what can I say? You know, a live version of Hold Your Head Up on the way. Definitely not the definitive one, because for that you need to check out their album Encore. And there's an incredible version of Hold Your Head Up on there. Well, this was recorded in 1972, and it was before Rod Argent went down the synth and Mellotron route. So it's a lot more basic. I'm sure you'll agree when you hear it. The album is called Don't Let It Get You Down. Don't Let It Get You Down. There's only six tracks on there, and it's not the best selection in the world, but what can I say? It's better than nothing. A new release from Argent. I bet you never thought you'd get that, did you? Oh, yes. Well, anyway, off that particular EP, this is the live version of the classic Hold Your Head Up. 
missed your favorite show? Then you're an idiot. Listen to the podcast at mmhradio.co.uk. I must admit, I did go and see Argent back in the day, more than a few times. A very underrated band, indeed. An incredible live band. Good to see Russ Ballard still going at some ridiculous age. I think he's now 80 or something. And he has wrote that many songs you would not believe. You really do need to look into his back catalogue because he's recorded and written songs for a multitude of bands that you wouldn't even think of. And he looks bloody good for his age. I mean, I said this about Jeff Beck, and I think that's what was so shocking, the fact that he'd passed away suddenly, and I thought he was looking damn good for his age. He was 78, and he looked like a guy in his late 50s. Incredible. And Russ Ballard as well, a total guitar legend. So I hope you enjoyed that. A nice little trip back to 1972 for Hold Your Head Up off the brand new EP from Argent. Don't let it get you down. Mm. Anyway, Friday night, talking about live gigs. We were at KK Steel Mill in Wolverhampton. And I know last week we had an interview from Aaron Cliff. I hope you enjoyed that. Well, this week we've got an interview with the man himself, Francis Dunray, and we've got that a little bit later in the show. But I'm telling you now, guys, if you've managed to make it to one of the gigs, you only did four dates. Glasgow, KK Steel, Millie Wolverhampton, Manchester and London. So, possibly by the time you hear this, the tour will be over, because he only does a few dates. And the one at Wolverhampton was actually filmed for a live DVD and CD. So if you've never caught him live or whatever, then you're in for a treat. Because I'm telling you, it was a two and a half hour show, guys. And it was absolutely incredible. What a night. The atmosphere was amazing. And if you know It Bites back catalogue, I think they pretty much touched on most of the well-known songs. And to come back on and do Once Around the World in its entirety as the encore was just on another level. What a night. It was amazing. And we had a lovely chat too. So it was a total bonus. I must admit, I had to be at the venue for quarter to four. <laughs> and I didn't get to bed till 20 to one Saturday morning. <laughs> it was a long day. It really was. But come Saturday morning after I got up, I thought, I'm going to have to put Eat Bites on. So I went to Eat Me in St. Louis. Their third studio album. Their third and final studio album. The one line up with, obviously, Francis Dunnery. And it just reminded me what an incredible three albums they made. Every song is just an absolute gem. And I picked Let Us All Go from Eat Me in St. Louis for you now. And it's your opportunity to totally freak the hell out. And there's not enough of that now, freaking out. We need to freak out, guys. We really do. It's good for you. It's good for you. So anyway, check it out. Off Eat Me in St. Louis. This is It Bites with Let Us All Go. Yeah. 
YouTube is now the second largest search engine in the world with over 3 billion searches a month. So if your band doesn't have a music video or if your business doesn't have a professional intro, then you're missing out. At InLife, we have all the skills and equipment you need to make a stunning video and stand out from the crowd. From in-house green screens and post-production effects to on-site filming with high-grade cameras and all at an affordable price. Visit inlife.co.uk and get in touch today to see how we can shape your vision. Remember, video killed the radio star. Wait, what? Inlife.co.uk Kate's at the ready. It's Progzilla time. MMH, the home of rock radio. Before the break, back to June 1989, we went for the third studio album from It Bites, Eat Me in St. Louis, and that was Let Us All Go. I hope that you all had a good freak out. I did. I got my plastic guitar out and my tennis racket and just absolutely went apeshit with that track. I must admit, it's Screaming on the Beaches that does it for me, that middle section in there. I was just going for it big time on Friday night. What an amazing track. And the fact that they just played so much music that everybody knew, it was memorable. Absolutely memorable. If you manage to get to one of the gigs, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. The atmosphere was amazing. The music was awesome. An incredible evening. One of the best live gigs I've been to for a while. I'm sure you'll agree if you went. And for the first gig of 2023, what can I say? Absolutely memorable. And I had a chat with Francis... Frankie, whatever you want to call him, about doing Fusion 5 next year. And the good news is, he's up for it. Oh, we obviously have to sort out a few things to find out if it's physically and financially viable, because obviously it's a big production and there's a lot of people involved. Whether the Civic would be good enough, big enough, who knows? But it would be quite ironic, really, because we've already got Frank Carducci playing next year. So it'd be the two Franks. It'll be a double frank weekend. <laughs> anyway, watch this space. Keep your ears, eyes and everything else peeled. Because I'm going to try and make it happen, guys. I am. Oh, yes. Anyway, we're going to bring you all kicking and screaming up to date. Because I've got quite a lot of new stuff for you guys. Because on the 3rd of March, this very year, sees the release of the latest album from Haken. It's called Fauna, F-A-U-N-A, Fauna, and I've got a track for you now, I have, this is Taurus.
due out on the 3rd of March. Not long to go, guys. The new album from Haken, Fauna, and that was Taurus. And the fact that the 3rd of March happens to be the Friday of Fusion, progrock.co.uk will be in attendance. So there's every possibility you'll be able to buy the new album there and then. What can I say? A new album from Haken can't be a bad thing at all. And if you've never seen them live again, you so need to. But really looking forward to that. Hope you enjoyed it. I do. Anyway, before we press on with the new stuff, more new stuff, if you listen regularly, you'll know that our current band of the month is Kairos, formerly Synesthesia. Mm. Well, they'll be with us for the next couple of shows, because obviously we're not out of January yet. Our next show is the last show of January. It'll be the 29th of January. So, they will be with us for one more week. But this week I've got a track from their album Vox Humana. Okay? This is Kairos with New Paradigm.
direction The city looms to my back As I travel I don't have a plan I just know I need A place where I can be alone Like that quaint little cabin Sat there quietly on the outskirts Is anybody home? No one here Yet full of kids and clutter Is here to me This vacancy has not been filled for years Oh, it sets my heart aflutter To know that I have a All our radio shows can be found on demand. Download our app from Google Play or the Apple App Store. Just search MMH, the home of rock radio. You're tuned to Radio Progzilla, streaming across the net 24 hours a day. Radio Progzilla. Simply the best progressive rock radio. For the break, the rather wonderful Kairos of their album Vox Humana, and that was New Paradigm. And as I've mentioned, maybe more than a few times, <laughs> they'll be headlining at our launch party on March the 2nd at 45 Live in Kidderminster, along with Ghost of the Machine and Last Flight to Pluto. Oh, my life. What a way to kick off that particular weekend. It's going to be magical. It really is. Hope you can join us. Tickets have been going really well. So, what can I say? Kairos playing live in Kidderminster. Can't be a bad thing indeed. Well, I did say earlier, we've got a host of new stuff for you guys. And two days ago, saw the release of the new album from Polish Proggers Riverside. It's called Id Entity. And it's rather magnificent indeed. It really is. Well, I've actually got the deluxe edition, as you do. As you do. And on the second disc, there are four tracks, I believe. And uh, there's a couple of instrumentals, which aren't on the main album. So I'm going to play one for you now. Off the bonus disc that comes with the deluxe edition of the new album from Riverside. This is Together Again.
Touring the UK in April to promote the new album Id Entity, Polish Proggers Riverside, and that was Together Again, which comes off the second disc of the Deluxe Edition. I hope you enjoyed that. Really looking forward to seeing them live again. Seen them a number of times. Saw them the very first time they came to the UK, where they played London and Lydney Town Hall. Tiny little venue there. And to say they've come on since then is somewhat of an understatement. They are a force to be reckoned with now. And again, like Francis Dunnery, I'm looking at getting them to a future fusion event. I will make it happen if you guys want it. It's up to you. It's in your hands it is. <laughs> anyway, after this next track, we'll have a short break and then our lady will be joining us. The woman of questionable identity. <laughs> I think that's about the best way to put it. She's got a different name every week, that girl. But to take us to the end of this part of the show, I've got yet another brand new track for you lots. And it comes from German band RPWL. Their brand new album comes out on the 17th of March. It's called Crime Scene. And the track I've got lined up for you today is Victim of Desire. And I'll catch you lot on the other side. the 
Tune in 6pm to 8pm GMT for Pedal to the Metal with Mark Parker bringing you his lucky dip bag of rock to MMH. You never know what you're going to get. Only on MMH, the home of rock radio. Tired of restricting yourself? Unless somebody else is tying you up. Join myself, DJ Mitz, at the Rock and Roll Penitentiary every Saturday at 2pm for hard rock, sleaze, metal and curveballs with a side order of filth and silliness. If you're easily offended, then you could do far worse by listening to Nigel Farage on LBC. Join us at 2pm every Saturday. Ladies. The revolution has begun. Join the revolution, The Lost Art, with Steve Gould. For only the very best in progressive rock, every Sunday, 4 to 7 p.m., only on MMH, the home of rock radio. This is Sir Walter Thuggery Igloo. If this Progzilla person plays another Steve Wilson tune, take him out and have him shot. The songs the music industry doesn't want us to play. Hard Cheese. We're here. MMH, the home of rock radio. Hi, my name's Mike Holmes. I'm the guitarist from MyQ, and you're listening to Progzilla Radio. Okay, folks, welcome to the middle section. We finished the first part of our show with a track from German band RPWL off their brand new album, Crime Scene, which is due out on the 17th of March, don't you know? And the track we had today is Victim of Desire. It's a concept album. Something a bit unusual from a prog band. (laughs) And unfortunately, due to an embargo, that's the only track I'm allowed to play you. So it doesn't necessarily mean that that's my favourite track. Come 17th of March, I can play whatever the hell I want. But in the meantime, it just gives you a bit of an inkling of what you can expect when it hits the shelves on the 17th of March. RPWL, what a band. One of the best prog bands around in Germany at the moment. I've seen them more than a few times live. And talking about live performances, if you do get chance, I might have mentioned this before, hunt down a DVD they bought out called A New Dawn. And what can I say? It's probably one of the best live performances you've ever seen in your life. It is, well, amazing. It is absolutely amazing. There's no way they could tour it. It would cost millions. But as a one-off performance, it is memorable. There's actors and performers and all kinds of shit going on. It is absolutely amazing. A New Dawn by RPWL. It's based around their album Wanted. If you're familiar with that, then you'll totally dig what's going on in the DVD. It is superb. Can't recommend it enough. Anyway, now that we're in the middle section, the second part, we're joined by our mystery guest. And... The mystery guest today is Raucous Rita. Raucous is in the house. Hope you're all okay and ready to... Rock and roll. Yeah, I was just going to say that, (laughs) but you slipped in there. I'm kicking off with the Dutch band Arion, and this is their 2020 release, The Theory of Everything, and I am playing you The Theory of Everything Part 1. And it features Rick Wakeman on keyboards, 
and Christina Scabia's vocals from Lacuna Coil, which are an Italian band. The mastermind Arjen Anthony Lucasen, Arion, with the Theory of Everything Part 1, featuring good old Rick on keys. I must be honest, that guy must have an address book the size of an encyclopedia. Because whenever he puts an album out, he always brings in an absolute ton load of special guests from all around the world. All around the prog world. Uh, I did interview him once, and I think he lives a very solitary life. Like a cabin in the woods type of thing. Oh, my life. <laughs> but uh, an incredibly gifted musician and got more fingers in pies than a local bakery. I think they're a bit similar to Nightwish in a lot yeah, of Yeah, it has got that feel about it. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But that's our first track of your part of the show, love. And what have you got lined up for us next? The Australian band Caligula's Horse. 
And this comes off their most recent album, which came out in 2020, Rise Radiant. And this is The Ascent. Just as an aside there, guys, the last time they came over to the UK, I think it was to promote that album, and they were playing Mama Roos in Birmingham. And I went there to interview one of the guys, and the interview went really well. The only problem is the batteries run out on my recorder. Yes, I remember that story. Halfway through, I never said anything at the time. I just let it carry on, and then when I thought, oh, my life. But it just went so well. Oh. I was absolutely gutted, but never mind. Taught me a lesson, it did. Taught me a lesson. Anyway, check it out. This is Caligula's Horse. Set the pace to stay The heart is the way where the 
FMMH, the home of rock radio. Not off. From their fifth album, Rise Radiant, which came out in 2020. Australian prog metalers Caligula's Horse. And if you do get to see them live, you are in for a treat. Because when they played Mamaroos, it's a tiny venue. And they totally blew the roof off. They were absolutely awesome. Catch them if you can. Anyway... What you got lined up for us next, love? I can't wait. What you got lined the up for us next? The rather excellent Threshold. And this comes off their 2002 Critical Mass. The first album you bought by the band. Absolutely. What an amazing album this is. I've got the live version as well, the DVD. Critical Energy. Yes. Fantastic. Which we got signed by every member of the band when we went to see them at Rotherham. Yes. They were playing for the Classic Rock Society. In a school hall. In a school hall, <laughs> <laughs> A very drafty school hall, I have to say. They had school dinners and everything. I got a man rocking and rolling next to me, head banging away with a pint of beer in his hand. <laughs> I thought, any minute now, that's coming all over my head. But it didn't. Anyway, this is Choices.
Progressive music from your progressive rock station, Progzilla. No radio? No problem. Grab the app for Apple and Android. M-M-H. For the break, the rather wonderful threshold off their album Critical Mass. And that was Choices featuring Mac on lead vocals. Andrew McDermott, who unfortunately is no longer with us. R.I.P. Mac, you were an incredible frontman. Obviously replaced at the time by Damien Wilson, who's been subsequently replaced by Glyn Morgan on the last two albums. Bringing back his vocal skills from Psychedelicatessen. Mm. And if you do get a chance, check out their latest album, Dividing Lines. It is yet another classic from that particular band. Absolutely superb. And again, a brilliant band live. Absolutely brilliant. We've actually got Richard West and his wife playing for us at Fusion 4. They go under the name League of Lights, and they're so opposite to Threshold, you would not believe. But we've got them opening for us on March the 5th on the Sunday morning, so I hope you can join us for that. Anyway, my darling, what have you got lined up in your wonderful playlist for us next? Porcupine Tree. Oh, I can't fault you there. And this is Deadwing, the actual title track. The actual title track? The actual title track. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this came out back in 2005. And I've got the T-shirt because we saw them on the tour.
I must admit, we did go to see them at the Ovo Arena in London back in November for their comeback tour, and the place was absolutely rammed. I think we've covered this before. But for a prog band to sell out at the Ovo Arena in Wembley is just absolutely amazing. You know, the fact that people dis prog when it's attracting that kind of attention, what can I say? It's back with a vengeance. Oh, yes. And I don't know if you caught the recent press release, but Stephen Wilson's gone on record to say that after the dates they've got lined up for this year, that they'll be putting it to bed for good. I reserve judgment on that. I tend to prefer the never say never again option. Well, I think it's because that album was in the making for quite a long time, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, since they released their last album. Yeah. It's the been incident. a it's it's been a work in progress. And so, you know, who knows? It could be another one of those. So <laughs> it could be another ten years and you'll suddenly say, We're coming back. Yeah. Amazing what money can do, eh? <laughs> anyway, he's got a new solo album coming out soon. Is it this year? I think so. Yeah. Which is maybe another reason is it why the Claudia paradox or something like I'm that. not sure. But it's <laughs> different again. He admits it's totally different again, but that wouldn't be Stephen Wilson, would it? You gotta you gotta love him. You gotta love him. Anyway, come on, let's get the next track out. Right, this comes from Pure Reason Revolution. And I absolutely love this album. It's Hammer and Anvil and it came out in twenty ten. And this is Fight Fire. The last album they released before they went quiet. Oh, and I think a lot of people were getting a bit confused with the direction they were going because it sort of started going down the more electro-dance route. But they've definitely come back on track with Eupnea and Above Cirrus, the last two albums. But for now, I just love this album. This is Fight Fire.
tailor all our advertising packages to suit your needs with competitive rates your advert can hit thousands of listeners just search mmh the home of rock radio Rogzilla. Before the break, the rather excellent Pure Reason Revolution. And we did have them down to play at Fusion 4, the original Fusion 4, which was down to be in 2021. But, as we all know, the previous year and that particular year, both festivals got cancelled. I was absolutely gutted. But we are on target to bring them back at some point. 
an excellent band indeed. If you haven't checked them out, a good place to start is their first album. Oh yes, The Dark Third, most definitely worth a listen. Saw them at, I think it was Summer's End, when they when they was at the Robin for a few years, and there was about seven of them on stage, and because at the time they were signed under Sony, Sony sent up their own sound engineer, rather than use the in-house one, and the sound was absolutely bloody awful, but what can I say, you know, better to stick with the guys who know the place. A lesson learned, I think. Anyway, another track from Our Love. Yes, and another track from the band I Love very much. Dream Theatre. I think that goes without saying. (laughs) And this comes off their 2002 release, Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. An amazing album. And this is The Glass Prison. And uh, what are we doing next month? Going to see them. Where at? The Symphony Hall. Symphony Hall in Birmingham. Hope to see you there.
Dream Theater, the band that have released an album a month for the last three years. Two and years. We'll, and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Two years. Lost, not forgotten archives. Interesting concept indeed. I'm spoiled for choice now. And this now. woman just buys every single one that comes out. I've got that many Half versions. Half our vinyl collection is Dream Theater. I've got that many versions of the same track done in different ways. It's, oh, my Lord. No, I just... I couldn't do it. I'm I sorry. love them. I mean, the thing is... I've you don't got, love them, do you? Do you love them? I, I've got demos going back to the 90s, right up to date. It's great. Oh, it's great. It's isn't great. It? It's great. I am a Dream Theater historian. <laughs> <laughs> That's my title. Oh my God! How much money have you spent on Dream Theater vinyl? It goes we, into the thousands. We won't guys. go there. We thousands. Won't, we won't go. We've had to remortgage the house. <laughs> anyway, you've got two more tracks. Come on! Right, this is Nightwish, and this comes off an album that came out in two thousand and four, and it was re-released, remastered in twenty twenty one. The album title is called Once, and the track I'm playing you is The Siren.
I must admit, that's one band we've not seen live, is it, love? No, but I have a live Blu-ray. We have a live Blu-ray, which is stunning, I have to be honest. Is it Floor Janssen, the lead singer? Yes. She's about seven foot three tall. Oh, immense. Amazonian, of Amazonian quality. Even the, the guitarist looks like a child next to her. <laughs> 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 it's like a group of children compared to... But what an atmosphere in the crowd. Oh, my life. They go absolutely mental. South America, they absolutely love prog. Europe, they love prog. The one country where most of the initial prog bands came from, the UK, don't go mental. When we were at the Dunnery gig on Friday and they played Screaming on the Beaches, I was freaking out like a no tomorrow. And there were people just standing there watching. I thought, are you dead? <laughs> How can you just Come stand on. there? Come on. <laughs> We need to freak out more, guys. We really do. Anyway, I think we've reached the final track of your part of the show, haven't we, Do Yes, we have. I hope you've enjoyed my playlist. I, I hope, hope they're all deaf. I, ho- <laughs> I hope I haven't given you a migraine. I'm finishing off with Opeth. And this comes off their 2019 Incorda Venenum. Incorda Venenum. And the track I am playing you is Dignity. Have a great week. I'll be back next week. I'm with not hope, sh- with hopefully a less raucous. I'm flavor. not sure who I'm going to be. Oh wow, we wait with bated breath. But I'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>
Follow the tribe. Progressive, heavy, power, trash, death, even black metal. If it's proggy, it's here. So grab a beer and join me. Follow the tribe with DJ Canitan. Every Friday midnight to 2 a.m. UK time, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time on MMH, the home of rock radio. Do you want to hear new music, new rock, new punk, new metal? No, not that new metal, as in metal that's new, not baggy trousers. Maybe baggy trousers, we'll see. You want to check out Dancing with the Dead on a Saturday night from 8 till 10. Ben Jekyll's here, nothing but wall-to-wall new stuff from start to finish. MMH, the home of rock radio. Tune in 4 to 7pm GMT for Stephen Lou's World of Prog bringing you The Lost Art, a show full of progressive rock, including exclusive interviews and new unreleased music from around the world. You'll hear the old, the new and the classic, only on MMH, the home of rock radio. When the uh, children have gone away on holiday and the staff have uh, gone home, I'd rather enjoy turning up some loud rock music. We don't play hits. If progressive music is your thing, Radio Progzilla is your station. Progressive music from your progressive rock station. Progzilla. Okay, people, welcome to the final part of the show, the concluding section. And now that the raucousness has ended, you can take your earmuffs off. <laughs> gotta love her, gotta love her. And at the end of the day, I think, in the root of all the identities that she's taken on, that is the one that she most identifies with. Raucous Rita will be back. Hopefully not for a while. (laughs) Anyway, we're in the final part of the show, guys. And you know what that means, because I mentioned it at the start. I've got an interview lined up for you with Francis Dunnery that I recorded backstage at KK Steel Mill on Friday the 20th of January. But before that, we're going to have another track from the band. We're going to go back to their live album, Thank You and Good Night. And it's the track that they actually came on to on Friday night. And obviously every other gig that they've done on the tour. All in red. Which first saw the light of day on The Big Lad in the Windmill. The very first album. Well, anyway, this is the live version. And then we'll follow that with the interview. And I'm sure you're going to find it very interesting. We had a lovely chat. And I'll catch you guys on the other side. I will. There's a little blast from the past.
This is Steve Gould backstage at KK Steel Mill on January the 20th and I'm in the the elite company of the uh, much vaunted Francis Dunnery. Yeah! <laughs> you a, are! A very, a very, a very belated... <laughs> Sorry, they just, they just brought me a cup of tea there. I, 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 I had like a... There was a moment. There was a moment. A belated 60th birthday. I'm 60. I was 60 on Christmas Day. That's right. Don't feel a day over... 69. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel great actually. I really do. I, I mean, I'm, I'm like 36 in my head. I know exactly what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not. I yeah. don't feel like I'm 60. 
Well, I always remember my dad. He was eighty-seven when he died. Bless yeah. him. And he and he didn't look his age. Yeah. We said people used to say to him, "You don't look eighty-seven." And he said, "Well, how old am I supposed to look? Then yeah. it's eighty-seven now. How old is an eighty-seven-year-old yeah, supposed totally. to look?" Did you do anything special to celebrate it? Not really. I mean, I like I like uh, giving people things. But I'm just not really good at receiving them. I kind of, you know, it's it's like I, I would I don't like fuss on myself. It makes me kind of weird. So when people start fussing over me, it's kind of like you know, it's the same as even when I'm on stage and people are cheering. I just kind of want to like walk <laughs> off. You know, I just like I, I just want to get off as fast as I can <laughs> after the job's done. How's the uh, vegan diet working out for you? Well, I'm not vegan. I'm just vegetarian, but that's, oh, yeah. it's going great. Vegan's too much for me. It's like um, I, I've been, you know, I, we did vegan. My brother was vegan, but we did vegan for a bit, and it's just, dude, it's tough. That's a tough thing. And I don't like, you know, what I don't like. I don't like the substitute stuff they put in. Yeah. I don't mind just eating salads. I can do all that. That's fine. But then the vegans have like all these stuff, like vegan butter and vegan, and it just doesn't taste like butter to me. And they have to make it taste like. I don't meat. like it, yeah. oh. and it's all synthetic, and I don't like it. Yeah. I'd rather just eat salads, but then what happens is when you're on the road, it's just, it's incredibly difficult because. You, you can't really get food. You know, even if you eat bread, it's got like butter in it, or so. You know, you, you can't eat a thing. So, I'm not into butchering things for flesh. I don't care what anybody else does. That's just for me. Um, yeah. But the vegan things one step beyond for me right yeah. now, at yeah. least. But my, I was brought up with vegan cooking because my, you know, my brother was vegan when it wasn't hip. Yeah. Back in the sixties, I, I, he was, he was a vegan when I was born. So I, it was always vegan, you know. Like, I know what you mean. I remember a thing called sauce mix he used to eat, and it was from Newcastle, I think. Okay. And you can't, I don't, I don't know if you can get it now, but it was like this like powder stuff, and you'd mix it up, and you'd fry them like sausages, roll them into sausage shapes after you put water in them. <laughs> dude, it was the, dude, I'm telling you, it was the best sausage. It was them like little wall sausages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like them. Oh, wow. Like skinless wall sausage. It's absolutely killer, but I can't find it anywhere. Maybe they don't make it anymore. Mm. Sauce mix. Yeah, I loved the uh, on the Big Purple Castle that one comedy bit. I want meat. Oh, you like? I love <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like a little bit of progressive music there. We like you. We like to you know keep the people on their toes. I just you know what it is. Human's always been. I was saying this on Facebook the other day. Human was always a massive part of it. Bites like that was the one thing that the the completely just got. It didn't, nobody understood what was going on in that, behind that band. It, we were crying from like 24-7. We were incredibly serious about the music. Yeah, yeah. But dude, the, most of the time it was just like literally unbelievably inappropriate humour 24 hours a day. <laughs> like hysterically funny. They were hysterical. You know, but I think that got lost on a lot of people because the, the music was like a bit, um, you know, we we probably weren't really comfortable. I don't think like showing that side of the to the public. We, uh, you know, I certainly am now. Was it because you were worried that people would see the wrong side? I don't know. I don't. We, nobody. We never had a conversation about it. Nobody ever said anything about it. But I think we just kind of thought, well, that's not like proper. You know, you shouldn't really do that stuff. We hear these bands from like, um, you know, who were at college. These college bands, and we were like council estate lads. You know, we were like, well, we didn't know anything about like, you know. Plato and all like all these things we were talking to, you know, <laughs> sociology and all that. we didn't know about that. We did, we just knew about like tins of beans and Yeah. You know, we were like well council house local yeah, like yeah, council yeah. house lads. Yeah. So we'd hear these like proper people like Morrissey and all these people talking on the on the T V and would think like, Well maybe we should just kinda of be a bit like that, you know. But uh, because, but but I, in in hindsight we were way more lively than any of them lot, I think now. Like the that's the one one of the biggest things I miss about it bites is the 
the humour and how incredibly funny they were. Yeah. Like Dick Nolan <coughs> is literally the funniest person you'll ever meet. Brilliant. Absolute brilliant humour. Brilliant. I, I was quite curious because uh, the last album was released on CD in Japan. Yeah. And how they would perceive the humour in it. So I didn't give it to them. They won't know. They, I, they, oh, it I, wasn't on that. Oh no, I just took that off. They wouldn't know what that is. Because I was wondering how it would transport outside. No, the it's, UK. it's just it was mainly for northern people, for English people. <laughs> Americans won't even get that. It's for English people. English people will understand it. I just thought the concept of having because it was all these classical guitar pieces I've been learning for like thirty years. It's called Fernando Saw the Twenty Studies, and you never really get to play them because they're too hard. Right, so but yeah, they're just something to keep you going all the time, and so I just thought it was a, you know progressive wise. I thought it would be a weird concept having a beautiful classical piece of music, a, a, a classical guitar, nylon string classical guitar, playing all these beautiful old tunes from the 1700s, Fernando Saw, with a normal council house argument over the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, that's what I thought. I thought it was because I never heard I never heard that them two things coupled before. With each other, and it, I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, three years since we last spoke, and obviously there's a lot happened, what with COVID and lockdown, mm. all that shit going on. Politics aside, yeah, what, what have you been up to? Just you know, with my kids. I mean, I'm a big fan of my. You know, I, I did the Big Purple Castle album. I did an album. I'm, I have a thriving astrology career. You know, yeah. I do a lot of counselling. Yeah, yeah. I've t I've recently went back to college. I'm doing a um, uh, project managers course because we've, we've got a, together a non for profit. Me and my girlfriend Lizzie, we're doing to get kids off their cell phones and all. I get them back into nature. I'm a bit of a hippie like that. I like the nature thing. I agree with that. Loving nature, that thing it solves everything. But the um, so I'm back in college now doing a project managers course. Um, you know what I'm like? I just I like I get into all sorts of stuff. I don't boundaries. Well, I just don't really have an image of myself as. The guitar guy who does, you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I, I go working on construction sites with my friend Ian. I don't, you know, if he has it, I need a hand on Thursday, I'll just go with him and do it. I, you know, it's like I'm not really stuck in any, and I'll go play Madison Square Garden with Hootie and the Blowfish and then I'll go and, you know, I'm having dinner with Steve Hackett on Monday night and then I'm doing, you know, I, I, I don't really have an image of myself as this thing that. Do you just like to keep yourself active in different areas? I just am interested in the world and I've only got 25 years left to live and I don't want to <laughs> sit around and waste it, you know, sitting on a couch watching Coronation Street. <laughs> That's why people watch soap, op they watch soap operas because the drama that should be going on in their life, they often get frightened to do it. They don't take risks, they just they, they go into a, in, they get what we call calcified, they get calcified in a position and then they use the, um, you know, you know, they use all the, Soap operas and films to generate the drama in their life, yeah, and that's what that's the that's the kind of um, functionality of it. It's like so they get to they get to live the drama that they need through Coronation Street or through Who Shot Jr. or Who you know yeah, like I know the film you, you know. Yeah. Whereas I just do I just do it first hand. I don't watch Coronation Street and I just go and no, jump off don't. cliffs and take risks and then <laughs> end up with no money and then I have to dig myself out of a hole again. Obviously, during lockdown, I don't know how it worked over in the States, um, did it give you time to get your shit together and maybe put the Big Purple Castle in place after all the time you were working on it? Did it give you time to sort of yeah, get that yeah. coalesced? I think so. I mean, one of the one of the good things about it is that, that when the, the you know, I'd been doing house concerts for 18 years, I'd been travelling the world for like six months a year, and, it, and I've got young kids now. Yeah. And I think it was a great thing for that because it stopped me in my tracks because I couldn't do it, so I thought... 
and I realised the importance of because um, I'm I'm big on my kids, you know. I'm like I'm, you know, I'm not. I call them every night. It isn't yeah. like I'm not an absent father or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but you can tell to be six months of the year gone physically. I, it made me think for the first time, dude. You know what I mean? You got the, you need to. You brought these kids into the world. You need to be there. You know. A yeah. bit. So it was good for that. Yeah. Um, and I just think it, you know it was a. I, 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 you know, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the pharmaceutical companies and all that, so I just, you know, I kind of feel like a bit like, you know, part of me feels a bit like after weapons of mass destruction and all that stuff, you know, I just feel like we got played like a deck of cards by, I mean, Dick Cheney and all them not played as like a deck of cards with that Iraq war and they went in, it was all just nonsense and um, yeah. they're, they're doing it now actually with this, with this Ukraine thing, the same thing, it's just, it's all the arms dealers, it's, if you understand what Washington's like, and I don't want to get into politics, but they, they have an army of lobbyists who are constantly pushing to pay. This is how it works. You're a politician. I'm a lobbyist. I'll give you money to fund your campaign for re-election because that's all the politicians are doing, trying to get re-elected. That's all they want. Yeah. It's like a rock star. You've got a staff. You've got you're on the telly. <coughs> you know, yeah. it's a rock star job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the lobbyists pay them to get re-elected. They give money for the campaigns, and then they ask them to vote their way in Congress. So that's that's how it all gets done. It all gets done like that, all of it. Yeah. So the arms dealers and the pharmaceutical companies have the biggest lobbyists and with the most money, especially the pharmaceutical companies. So when you, you just you can't go up against them. And so a few years ago when I did a house concert in Princeton University, it was for a drug company actually, one of the guys in the drug companies. And uh, the guy from, uh, I think it was Johnson & Johnson came, he was one of the executives, and he came to me after the show, and he said, I'm really embarrassed, because my show was all taking the piss out of the drug companies. <laughs> he said, I had a meeting today to, see, to say our projected goal for 20 years was to have every single person in America on at least two tablets a day. And that's how they work it, you know, because, because they're not in the business of health, they're in the, they need illness in order yeah. for you... So the Food and Drug Administration, they feed you shit to make you ill, and then they medicate you. Yeah. And that's where the money is. So, COVID was a bit of sweet thing, because on one side I got to be with my kids and all that stuff, and I got a rest and all that stuff like that. Yeah. On the other side, it killed my business dead, Yeah. and I, I felt that. like I'd been played like a deck of cards by pharmaceutical companies and the, and the media. Yeah, I know exactly how you feel, because I lost both my businesses because of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on, uh, what do you think of the venue? Brilliant, absolutely love it. A bit better than Slade Rooms? I mean, I think it's too uh, probably too big for me. It, well, I, better, I don't know whether better. It's bigger, and it's, and it's the, the energy's different. I like the energy here. But we had some good nights at the Slade Rooms as well. You know, I don't want to put that place down. We had some great nights there, but this is a great big venue. I mean, I don't think... Uh, I think we need some more promotion to have, be able to sell this place out. It's probably just like 2,000, does it? I would imagine so. See, I'm only on the... I've only opened up the 1,000 seats, so uh, it's... Um, I think, uh, I think it's probably uh, a, a right size for us next year because we're starting the, the reconnect campaign with the It Bites music again. We're going to re, re, you know, bring It Bites right back to the forefront, get everybody to reconnect with it. This is the beginning of it now. You'll see it be promoted all year, but probably next year we should be able to sell it. Yeah, I think. <coughs> well, this is one of the things I wanted to ask you about. And I think you alluded to this in one of your recent Facebook posts that you're going to be bringing out a new studio album. Yeah, that's in January next year. That's what this tour next year will have a new album. Yeah, is it with the current lineup? Yeah, you? yeah, they, I like these guys. Well, Pete, no, Pete's leaving after after the um, after the last gig this time. We're getting a new keyboard player, 
guy called Nigel Hopkins. Nigel, okay. I think Nigel plays with like Christopher Burton. You know, he's one deep purple and all that. Just that whole thing. But he's a great player. And then we're going to meet him tonight, actually, for the first time. He's coming down tonight. But Pete is, um, you know, it's kind of, it's it's exhausting for Pete. Obviously, Pete's blind. So it's, doing a gig like this is absolutely insane. Plus, we only do four gigs a year. Yes. So the amount of work he has to go through just to do four gigs a year. Well, I mean, he's I, involved I, with Camel and everybody. I, I think he likes to play with Camel better because it's not as demanding, I don't think. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the it bite stuff is just insane. And it's not so much the, 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 the parts, it's the amount of changes on the keyboards. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I don't even know about whether... Maybe Camel is demanding, maybe he just likes them better than us. <laughs> <laughs> now, I gather tonight's been filmed. Mm-hmm. Is that for a live CD and DVD? DVD and live CD, yeah, we'll do that. And um, uh, we'll put that out. I'm gonna use, I'm gonna, it's mainly to be used for promotion all year. That's really what I wanted it for. I wanted to film it. And Rob Reed came to me. Rob, my mate. Um, I saw Rob earlier. Yeah. He said, uh, in, in, the, in his best Welsh accent, you know, can I come and film one of your gigs and, okay. you know, and we'll sell it. And um, and so I said, all right, let's do that. And then, you know, here we are. And I think uh, he, he put a crew together. So, we'll, you know, we'll see what we got. I mean, I think the thing when you when you when you start filming DVDs, that the kind of tendency is to get all stiff and... I, can't, I just can't do that. I'm just going on. I'm just going just to go, go for bollocks, it. Just go for it. Because if it's just loads of mistakes, I just don't care. Because that stiff thing is worse than mistakes, I think. You know, you kind of try to do the perfect thing, but I just don't even want to think about them being there. I'm just going to go on and just have a laugh with and the do crowd. what you normally do. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, talking about your older material, like Tall Blonde Helicopter, um, Let's Go Do What Happens, is there any plans to remaster them onto vinyl? Not right now. I don't think anybody would buy them. I don't know. I don't. You see, I, I, the, Francis Dunley, the artist like that, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird palette. It's not, you know, people, it's hard to market what I am. You know, if you're in like a metal band, it's dead easy. No, you mean. You know, you just go in metal magazines and you look by the metal guitar and you have like a metal clothes and you do metal, you see, you do metal signs with your hands and you do, you know, it's like Iron Maiden. It's dead easy, man. It's simple. Yeah, it's like, yeah. they, and, and then God bless them guys. They don't come off it. They know they're smart. As, they're smart. Yeah. And they just do that. Like ACDC, they know yeah. what their fans want. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But when you're doing an artist like myself, who I'm very experimental and I go into different genres of music, it's very difficult because people mostly won't come along with you because... Do you think it's because we like to pigeonhole? It's because the same is safe for humans. Like I've, I'm, I'm way up on my psychology here with uh, my my college and stuff. If you do the same thing, people feel safe. Yeah. But when you start to go out of bounds, people just get really, really upset with you. And like you know, I've I've had, you know, I've had abuse actually online by you know, but I've done one album. I can't believe you've done every album I've released. I get a mouthful of abuse, and then and then six months later, when they understand what I've done, yeah. You know, I had people wanting their money back when I did Man. I had people wanting their, even the even my favourite promoter when I did Tall Blonde Helicopter, was said that Tall Blonde was rubbish, and because she was heavily into Fearless, the, my album before that, and she said, "What have you done? What have you done?" And then there's like the Tall Blonde Helicopter people that like that. Then there's you know when I did Made in Space and I didn't have any guitar on it, and people just said, "What is this garbage?" But now it's like that's one of my favourite CDs. You know? <laughs> but they they need a six months to a year to understand what I've done. Yeah. And then they go, ah, oh, right, 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 right. And so, it, so it doesn't, because when they first hear it, it's kind of like... You know, you so think it's do, because it t- takes time to filter through? 
people just aren't ready for that sort of thing. And I've always been a guy to jump off cliffs. I do it all the time, you know. I'm, I, you know, I understand. I get it, but I, it's in my nature to jump off cliffs, so I can't stop jumping off the cliffs. That's just that's what I do. Francis normally jumps off cliffs. Yeah, it's what I call the comfort of the familiar. Yeah, it with, is. With yeah, a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Um, obviously, we mentioned earlier Big Purple Castle come out on CD in Japan. <laughs> Are there any plans to release it on CD anywhere else? Probably, yeah. Probably go to Japan. Because I know when you when you first brought it out on Bandcamp, there was a lot of people saying you're going to bring it out on I'll CD. I'll do it eventually, yeah. but like you know, like, the main problem is, to be honest with you, is that when you do a CD, unless you're going to have somebody to give you like five or ten grand to, to give you the money to press it, that five or ten grand is good for my child support, so I don't go to jail. <laughs> and so given the choice between Barry, who lives in Wigan, who's like, you know, same age as me and refuses to do downloads because, you know what, I just don't do downloads, man. Um, uh, and pay my child support and not go to jail. I don't care. I just don't care. So, I mean, I, I provided all the artwork on the website. I give, and there's more information on, on the bigpurplecastlewebsite.com than you can get on any CD cover. You can download the things direct. It's better quality. And you can press your own CD in a second. Yeah. So I don't know why people wouldn't want to do that, given... And you can get it on the spot. You don't even have to wait for it coming in the mail. This is true. This is true. So why you would be bothered, I don't know. But people just don't want to do that. So It's the comfort of the familiar again. It's a familiar thing, yeah. So I call it an enhanced digital recording. And um, what that meant was it meant that each album that I do will have a a dedicated website just to that album and then there's everything on it there's, there's the, the lyrics the everything there's all there's so much information on it like there's I had 64 videos on the Big Purple Castle one one for every song explain what it is what it was doing um, and still people were just like well what are we going to do CD <laughs> you know what I mean it's kind of like that so it's uh, but I, I get it I understand you know. outside of your own music what, what are you listening to at the moment um, I don't really listen to anything, really. I don't like modern-day music. I, it all sounds like backing tracks to me now. I, I, I find it, you know, because the further we get away from nature, um, you know, the further you get away from nature, the more sanitised we get. You know, we like it's like the same as when they take them pictures on Instagram and then they put all the filters on them. Nobody really likes who they really are. Oh, you mentioned this. And so yeah. so well, it's the same with music. A band will record it, then they'll just put the, put it on a grid and play it to a click and do the da-da-da-da. So it's not really the band you're listening to. It's a sanitised version of what they would hope to be. So, and But in effect, at the same time they do that, they destroy their own um, uniqueness because what makes them unique is that particular bunch of musicians coming together at the time and being like that. If you go back and look at Mahavishnu Orchestra or any of them band, you would, if you try to tighten all that up, or you know, you can't hear humans in music anymore. There's no mean. humans. The humans have gone. And so, I don't listen to it. I mean, the last album I play the shit out of is Joni Mitchell's Travelogue. I play that because it's real. It's got that beautiful orchestral arrangements in it. Um, Joe Zawinul's band, I liked. Uh, I heard them live. Uh, there's a live recording they did that's just phenomenal. But that's all humans, very human. But now I can't hear the humans in music. I can't hear them anymore. The guitars are fake. Everything's a fake. The keyboards are fake. It's not a real it's piano. It's all processed, it's, isn't it? It's yeah. fake. It's synthetic. And so yeah. if you like the synthetic world, sure, you know, I mean, people do. But for me, you know, I'd rather listen to, like, uh, Bill Withers on the old Great Whistle Test playing with his band because that's, you know, that's music to me. That's the process at all. It's like real humans. 
So what's your views on modern prog? I don't know, I don't listen you to don't, it. I, you don't, I mean, I, you've never got, really got a clue what's going on. Well, I think it's really important to understand that I'm in the minority. You know, like, I'm not, like, this isn't like how it is. Like, you know, this is how it is for me, you know. But everybody else doesn't give a damn about the things I'm talking about. They don't give a shit. Yeah. And so, you know, I find, you know, say the guitar players I hear now, I find they've got no grace. They tend to be, just want to show off all the time, like I did when I was a kid, you know. So it's like... So all it is guitars now, it's the same guitar solo, they play the same solo, it's the same one. Just There's like a, there's about 80,000 people doing the same guitar solo. <laughs> and they do the solo, um, but it's all worked out. And we're not really ourselves until we're deep, steep, deep, deeply in spontaneity. That's when you're really yourself, when you're being spontaneous. But, you, but nobody's got the balls to do it now, you know. Even these It Bites gigs, it's not spontaneous because it's, it's, it's um, composition. It's not solos. No, there's no solos on. Well, actually, in people of America, there's a solo. There's a solo in that. It's that's different every night. But things like screaming on the beach, it's all already in stone. It's already. It isn't like really a solo. It's a part. Yeah. You know what <coughs> I mean? Do you do you get any kind of criticism from people if you stray from the original sound and construction of the track? You know, in other words, you know, that you might want to go off on a tangent and do a bit of improvising. Do you do you ever want to do that? But you're frightened that people might go, well, that don't sound like the original yeah. album. But I, I don't get frightened. I just I, I I've literally got no concern with what people think about me at all. I don't. That's, that's I mean, it's none of my business what you think about me. Because Steve Hackett got a lot of flack for the live version of I Know Where I Like In Your Wardrobe because the middle section he goes off on a you know he got uh, saxophone going on and he got people going there wasn't saxophone yeah he'll probably get ripped up for that yeah I mean the one thing that I did um, the, when I listened to Daryl Sturmer play at the end of Firth of Fifth of Genesis song and he didn't play the solo I realised at that point why people want me to play what they heard on the records because other, other than that I would have done a solo and I listened to it and I went I don't want to hear this guy do that. Like, I want to hear Steve Hackett's <laughs> guitar. So I want to hear that because it's composition. Yeah. Steve played it the same every night when he did it. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what that's what a lot part a great part of this it bites thing is about is trying to deliver those those songs again in the way that they were done because and I didn't get it up until that point because I always did do different versions of them, but I get it now. I was always like, oh, let's do a new version of that now. Nobody wants to hear me do that. They just want to hear. The, they want to hear what they heard when they were kids, and I get that. So that's the function that this band's providing for everybody. It's like, and if we do a new album, which we will next year, then that will be like that. But you know, the three albums that we did, uh, the Big Lad and the Windmill, Once Around the World, and Eat Me in St. Louis, they just need to be done like that. You know, there's a couple of little moments where we have a little sing-song type thing to get people to sing along. But other than that, um, you know, Luke goes through all the guitar parts and finds tiny little things that I forgot about and he yeah. plays all them. You know, there's loads of stuff like that he's doing. He's like, hey, there's this part in here. Does it like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's ultra um, authentic like that. Yeah. Um, before COVID kicked in, you'd got uh, an It Bites convention organised in Oswestry. Yeah. Well, it was Is like, that um, still going to be festival. a thing? Well, I don't know. We might do a blues festival instead. I don't know. I'll have to see. I'll have to see. But like you know, that the COVID thing just took everything out. So it was just. It was, I think people are still. They were, we were frightened to death by drug companies. They you know they know what they're doing. They're not silly. You know, it's like 99.6 percent of people didn't die from COVID. 
And yet every single person on the planet was absolutely terrified from top to bottom. Even the kids, they're trying to get the kids on it now. If they can get it into schools, they can guarantee them. That's what they're lobbying now in Washington to try and get it so your kids have to have the vaccine. You know, like they do for polio and all stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Because even with smallpox and polio, it was only 20,000 people had it, you know. Yeah. And they did the lobbyists put it in, you know. Yeah. It, and I'm not saying it's nice. I had COVID. It isn't like, you know, four hours of shivering. Yeah. And it's, that's it. But if you're fat or you've got, like, lung disease or you've got a shiver, it'll, it'll definitely, it's not pleasant. I get it. Yeah. But neither is the vaccine. Didn't really do much. You know, people see, they're frightened to say it, but, you know, everybody's frightened to say it, but, you know... There's people dropping dead on football pitches and athletes all over the place. You know, yeah. nobody will say it because of the big, big tech and big government and all the rest of it. And these aren't conspiracies anymore. You know, they were they were said. I've been I've been singing about this since 1998. I have a song called Revolution. The lyrics say, "The doctor comes and he's looking for a reason, selling your pills for the next flu season. The bus stop sign says you're gonna get ill. The drugstore sign says you're gonna get ill." The TV says you better watch your back, it'll all be well with their vitamin pack. Therapy says that you're all wrong inside, dirt and filth in the back of your mind, but the only thing wrong with you and me is the lies they sell you so you can't be free. So trust yourself. And that's the link from 1998, because I've, <coughs> I've always been hip to that. It wasn't yeah. COVID that made me, I've, you've gone through my lyrics. That's, that's, I've always been into that. It's a complete con where they're trying to get you onto medication, because it's money. Yeah. They don't want you healthy. If you're healthy, they don't make any money. Yeah. If you're in a business, you're trying to sell people this. Well, their business is illness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're suggesting it to you all the time, and so you know, without getting too deep down that rabbit hole, it's like uh, you know, I just, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't want my children on it. I don't, you know, I don't want my children. I, I believe in love and nature. That's what it is for me, because we, that's where we come from. That's right. That's the healer of everything, you know. We need more of that. If we get dis we're disconnected from nature, the ego's taken over. It's the matrix. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, one last thing, Francis. We've got our festival lined up for next year's, and I think I alluded to this before we started the interview. Uh, obviously, with the new album coming out in January. Yeah. Would you be up for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I'll play. I'll play. Just we have to make it work financially. See, the thing is. If we have 18 people on the road with us, it's not like the little band showing up. This is a big setup we got, you know, and it's a major, it's a major show. This, like, mm. it, you know, people think it's kind of like oh, a folk prog guy showing up for a little bit. It's a major thing. This, yeah. so we can't take that on the road. I can do it acoustically. Yeah, yeah. Two minutes, yeah. you know, or yeah. any of them type of things, or yeah. you know. But even, even to take uh, my blues band out on the road costs an absolute fortune. You just can't do it. You just, I mean, to fly all these guys in from all over the place to sort of give them hotels every night to do yeah. the rehearsals, the three days rehearsals to keep yeah. them in a hotel over the three yeah. days rehearsals, the taxis to and from, the fucking vans that we have to use, the black. It's yeah. you know, so it's not a case of will I do it? Of course, I play anywhere, but I can't go back home, spend like two weeks away from my kids and and go back home in debt. That's just the reality. Yeah, that makes sense. That's just, you know... I you, totally uh, dig that. Not because we're like... And I think it's about time I got paid anyway, to be honest. Because I've done... You know, I've always, all my life, I've done it for art. I've always done... I've lost fortunes on tours just to keep them, make them happen. I've lost fortunes on albums. To, to I've spent too much time on records to make them artistically correct. I've always been um, authentic in the artistic realm. 
you know, I need to get paid now, I think. I can't blame you for that at all. Can't Art for art's sake. <laughs> Money for God's sake. Frank, it's been absolutely wonderful Thank speaking you. to you. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. So there you go, guys. Another interview in the bag with the man himself, Francis Dunnery, backstage at KK Steel Mill in Wolverhampton on Friday the 20th of January. I hope you found it entertaining and enlightening because having interviewed him several times, he never fails to come up with the goods. Love that man to bits. An incredible musician and a man of vision in many, many ways. I am absolutely stoked that they'll be bringing out a new studio album next January. Oof, where that goes, I have no idea, but I think most of us are going to be waiting with bated breath for that to see where the new version, the new incarnation of it bite goes. Even though John Mitchell has insisted on a number of occasions that there will be a third studio album from that particular incarnation of the band. And I know for a fact they are contractually obligated to Inside Out to bring a third album into fruition. When that will be, who knows? It could be like the second Kino album, just appear out of nowhere. Who knows? But we wait with bated breath on that one. Mm. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Just as a final note, before we press on, I'd just like to mention, on Friday night, a guy came to introduce himself. I was just about to go to the toilet, and this guy came to introduce himself, and he totally made my day, my week, my year. Because doing what we do, we do it for the love of it. And you just hope that that comes across. Okay? We do the shows, we do the festival for the love of the music, the fans, the bands. We don't do it for the money. That's definitely a fact. We don't get paid. We do it for the love of it. And even though I monitor the listening figures, which are good, we've got no problem with that at all, occasionally it's nice to get some feedback. It'll be a bit like Francis going on stage, playing a song in front of a full crowd of people and nobody claps. You know, you like to get that feedback. You like to get that input from outside and Ray James came and introduced himself on Friday. Totally blew me away. Ray, how you doing, guy? What can I say? You totally made my day and my week. Very full and very supportive of what me and Lou do. And it meant a great deal. So at this point, I'd just like to say a huge thank you to you, Ray, for coming to say hello, coming to introduce yourself. And really building us up, because occasionally it does help a great deal. And at this point, I'd like to give a big shout out to your work colleagues, Adam, Blue, Dave and Ray. What can I say? I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. And once again, I'd like to thank you for coming and introducing yourself. And I hope to catch up with you at a future live date, somewhere in time. Because we're at Dream Theatre, we're at Peter Gabriel... We're at Life Signs. We've got loads going on. So I hope to catch you some point in the future. But once again, thank you for your input, for your enthusiasm. And it meant a great deal to me and Lou. It really did. So thank you for that. Anyway, moving on. I did say at the start of the show that we'd be having another Jeff Beck track. And you may remember this one, Star Cycle, because it happened to be a theme tune to the tune. You may remember it. This is Jeff Beck. 
Written by his long-term partner in crime, Jan Hammer, Jeff Beck, off the album There and Back, with the classic Star Cycle. Hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you enjoyed the rest of the show, because, unfortunately, we are at the end, yet again. Where has the time gone? Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show, and we look forward to entertaining you next Sunday, or indeed Monday, on Progzilla. Have a great week.